Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. From the South Georgia Plains to the North Georgia Mountains, once a year, the young and the old descend on our NASCAR race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway, building new traditions and rekindling old ones. As a new season springs to life, racing runs deep into the heart of Georgia. February 23rd and 24th, it's Saturday's Renai 250 and Atlanta 200 doubleheader, and Sunday's thrilling Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Sunday tickets start at $49, and kids' tickets are just $10 at AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com. Good evening from Dega Nation. I'm Timothy Spain, alongside Speedway Digest. Cause Mr. Stephen Wilson. You're in the pit stop. Timothy Spain and Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Stephen, we're back. 2019. <laughs> it the, the off season didn't last long enough, did it, brother? No, it didn't last long enough for anybody. I think um, got a little bit of time, but not a whole lot. That's right. And I want to let everybody know the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Our guest coming up here shortly at uh, 20 after the hour, we got uh, my good friend Brett Holmes. He's going back full-time racing in the ARCA Racing Series this time. He only raced a limited schedule last year, but we got him coming on. I want to hear a lot about what all he has, to, what he has to talk about, about the two-day test at Daytona and 
and what he what he what his expectations is running this full season here in 2019. But if I can, I want to throw a big shout out to Spencer Boyd and uh, Joshua Altus. They uh, they joined the Speedway Digest Radio Network this year. They're doing a live show on Monday evenings called the Eagle Nest with Spencer Boyd. Y'all y'all check that out. Of course, we've got uh, Adam Jason Sinclair Thursday Night Thunder. He's always He's back. I think he's already done a show, Stephen. I can't remember, but we got him back also. And we got a couple more irons in the fire, so we're looking to a great 2019 season, Stephen. And uh, with that being said, uh, you know, we dodged uh, Snow Mageddon again here in here in Dega. Well, uh, they put us under a uh, winter storm morning yesterday evening, about right before we got off work, and we got emergency plans ready. Everybody drove their trucks home and get up this morning uh Hoping we didn't have to go to work at Coos Valley, but Gabby's going with number rain, brother. Well, we're supposed to get some of it starting later on tonight. We've got that polar vortex that's going to come this way. We've got some rain right now, which will eventually the uh, temps are going to drop about 35, 30 degrees or something like that over the next couple of hours. It will eventually be, um, you know, ice and uh, uh, icy conditions here with sleet and all kinds of nastiness that will come along with that. So um, we're just right outside of the that main polar vortex being here on the coast and not too far away from uh, the Chesapeake Bay and uh, other bodies of water that kind of knock some of this stuff a little bit farther to the west of us. But it's still going to get a little cold. We're still going to get some ice and uh um, we'll have to see how it all shakes out here, but otherwise we we look like we're probably gonna make out pretty good here. Sounds good, brother. And while we got a few minutes, uh, I know you know, like I mentioned, we got Brett Holmes coming on that, and you and I, we also want to talk about the uh, the uh, rule in the in the sanctioned body NASCAR rule book. I want to talk about that after uh, after. Uh, Brett comes on, but 12.9, the NASCAR sports gambling policy. We got the bulletin yesterday from, from the sanctioned body in their rule, but we want to talk a little bit about that. But, Stephen, while we've got a few minutes, I, I want to thank you for uh, hosting my website. You do a great job. And let everybody know about your website and how long you've been covering the sport. And just sort of give everybody a a little quick detail where they can find you at and follow all of your good uh, your good writings here on the way you uh, this will be my ninth year covering NASCAR racing uh, for SpeedwayDigest.com, which I started in 2010. Um, you can follow pretty much everything there on our Twitter account, Speedway Digest, Facebook.com for us at Speedway Digest. Although I don't use the Facebook as much anymore. Um, they they get a little uh, antsy about posting articles and uh you know, especially independent media, they don't they don't have the uh, the the say to go to Facebook and and not get banned every other week. So you know we've uh, we've kind of stayed and shot away a little bit from from Facebook. Although we do post some things out there that get pushed out, but uh, for the most part, oh, well, follow us on Twitter at Speedway Digest, SpeedwayDigest.com, and uh, you know, like I said, this is our ninth year, ninth full season covering NASCAR racing. So uh, a lot of good things coming up. Um, Brett Winningham is back with us this year. Um, We've got Adam Coons, Matthew Jackson, uh, a couple guys that are, um, uh, that have been with us uh, a year or so. And we're uh, looking forward to expanding that out possibly to some more, uh, to some more writers that are going to cover events for us all over. Um, We'll have, um, uh, Todd Marquis covering the Mountain Bay and in the Indy 500 and all the all the things going on there, as well as the, the Berkyard 400 in September. So uh, you know we've got a lot of things going on this year. Um, some staying the same as last year, and uh, some 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 things have changed as far as uh, adding on to the staff. And I think it'll be a good year overall. That sounds good, Stephen. And to let everybody know, too, some of the other so- social media platforms like uh, Tumblr, LinkedIn, and Google+, Plus, you also post to them, too, don't you? Yeah, we, we post to, to Tumblr 
LinkedIn, uh, and uh, well, my personal page on LinkedIn, um, Tumblr. We have a Tumblr account out there. Although um, um, Google Plus, we we still post there, but at some point this year, Google is going to do away uh, with their social media network. So uh, that'll eventually be decommissioned. At some point, we'll no longer be posting out. Um, uh, to Google Plus, but for now it's it's still being it's still being posted out there until um, Google uh, flips the switch on that and turns it all off. So um, it, it's not as popular. Uh, a lot of people have, a lot of people used to be on it at one point, but um, you know as as the popularity has faded and Google's you know, stuck with Facebook and Twitter that. Uh, uh, you know, as well as the as well as Google last year had some security issues with with their with their Google Plus, which exposed a lot of people, which kind of came into their decision to shut it all down. But that was a little side notes to that. But we'll continue posting to all these places until Google shuts us down, and uh, you know we'll keep, we'll keep at it on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr, and LinkedIn, etc. So you can follow us on all those sites. Um, Look for me. Um, look for us on there, as, as well as uh, um, we Brett Winningham, uh, uh, Adam Coons, Matthew Jackson, and others. They all post on their own, uh, either blogs or, or or social media accounts. And there's just too many of them, honestly, <laughs> to name. That's right. And uh, listen, follow. Follow Stephen Wilson at SpeedwayDigest.com and all of his writers. They really cover the sport really, really well. But Stephen, we had some breaking news come out this morning. I'm supposed to play that button you really don't like. You say it sounds like that old CBS 70s breaking news. Or whatever. But anyway, Stephen, we had some breaking news come out of Fox Sports this morning. Uh, Ricky Craven, uh, he's moving over there. Also, uh, we had some news come out the other day. Our good friend Bob Pockers, which uh, left ESPN, he's going to be with Fox Sports too. So it looks like Fox Sports and uh, and uh, NBC Sports they're really loading up on a lot of these veteran analysts and writers, Stephen. And I don't know what's going on with ESPN, but didn't they didn't they also cancel that uh, that Jayski site for ESPN also? Yeah, ESPN shut Jeski down yesterday. Um, they've been on the site for for a number of years, and over the last six, eight weeks or so, ESPN has also uh, let Bob Pockers know who's now going to go over to Fox Sports. He's going to do some similar stuff like we see Nate Ryan. We may not see as many articles out of uh, Bob Pockers as we have in the past, but he's going to be both a on-screen talent and social, and uh, uh, he's going to be putting some pieces together. So, uh, you know, he's going to move into a position where he'll be more like Nate Ryan is at NBC. And he, uh, Ricker Craven, uh, they they also moved him over. Uh, well, he uh, he was let go from ESPN, and, and he moved over to Fox, too. He'll, he'll be on the, the weekend stuff, so there might be some... Uh, you know some some places for him, especially John Roberts, who over the past year has uh, uh, been less and less involved with uh, with Fox Sports and and NASCAR racing uh, on race day and some other programming that they have. I don't I can't remember whether he's coming back or not. I think he announced last year that he wouldn't be back, but um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that. So there's there's some spots open, but NBC and Fox altogether are. Um, consolidating a lot of the media talent between the two TV partners, and uh, you know ESPN is unfortunately being left out in the cold. Uh, they, they've made their decisions that um, you know while they may cover NASCAR in some way, shape, or form, uh, they just won't be covering it on any wide scale. That that they have in the past, uh, as far as daily or weekly, uh, you you still have uh, you still have Ryan McGee and uh, uh, Marty Smith over there, but they've they've moved over to many sticking ball sports, but they'll probably um, farm them out during uh, things like the Daytona 500 or 
could go with 600, maybe Miami and, you know, some of the bigger events throughout the year. But, yeah, um, and, you know, ESPN has, uh, over the years, they've, they've now, um, they've, they've moved into college sports, basketball, football, et cetera, that um, they're so heavily invested in those areas that uh, the rest of their sports coverage has, has really um, been spread fairly thin. That's right, and that's that's understandable, Stephen. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta go where your where your bread and butter is, and you know, uh, Fox Sports and uh, NBC they've really they've really dipped off into this uh, motorsport side of it, like you and I cover. And to touch on your uh, on your thoughts there about John Roberts, I know you listen to a lot of Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 9 and radio, like I do, and I've been hearing John Roberts on with uh, with a uh, Chocolate Myers during during his show, so it. it it looks like John might be going to go over and do some radio stuff here. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm honestly not sure, but you know, we, we did see less and less. We've seen him less and less over the years where he used to be a pretty prominent face uh, on NASCAR programming for Fox. But, again, he's uh, we've seen less and less. And uh, I think he's into real estate also with his wife. So, um I don't know if that's a, you know, again, somebody can probably correct me, but I'm not, sh- I can't remember if he's coming back this year or not. Um, I thought I remember reading somewhere late last year after the season, maybe that um, he would not be returning. So again, somebody can correct me on that one, but uh, I, I, I have, uh, I have forgotten what, what his uh, plans are for this year. You've been a you've been a busy man, Steve. Just like I have, and right here, quick before we got Brett coming on, uh, I know you're gonna you're making the trek down to the day twenty five hundred this time. Uh, Suzanne and I are gonna make the trek over to the Foes of Honor Atlanta. Uh, so you're going to Daytona. We're gonna meet you in Atlanta. And uh, what's your? Fir- uh, I know you and I have talked about future plans after that. Uh, I know uh, I'm gonna try to attend more races this year than I have in the. In the uh, in the past, Suzanne might not be able to uh, make it with me, but uh, I'm going to try to attend a good many this time. I got vacation and I keep rolling over. I'm going to try to burn some of that up, Stephen. But uh, uh, what do you what are we looking to see in the in the in the Daytona 500 this time, brother? I mean, it's uh, you got there's uh, you got new faces in different places. You got Truex Jr. going over to Joe Gibbs. You got uh, Kurt Busch stepping into the one car there at Chip Ganassi, just to mention a couple. What what do we need to look for going into uh, speed weeks at, at Daytona National Speedway? Well, Ford is coming there with a new body this year with the Ford Mustang at, that they've uh, uh, harvested from the Xfinity series that they've been running, running over the last couple of years. So you've got that going New places and new faces and new places. As you just talked about Kurt Busch going over to Chip Ganassi Racing, whether he was just talking uh, yesterday or yesterday about his uh, about his commitments going forward. And you know, he he said that you know he doesn't know when his last season is going to be. He's just going to take it one you know one day at a time, uh, pretty much, and see where the chips fall at. But as far as Chip Ganassi is concerned, I think. Kurt Busch is a is a driver that knows an impeccable amount of, of these about these cars, setups on these cars, and how to get better. And where Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson is, a, he he knows a lot about these cars too. I mean, I, he he just didn't jump in and grab the steering wheel either. He's he he knows these cars pretty intricately. But I think if you look at Kurt Busch, that that's a Good add to their stable because Chip Ganassi hasn't had the the performance uh, level or continuity of performance over the years. And you look at some of the places that he's gone and some of the things that he's done um, over the years with uh, Phoenix Racing. He was at uh, Furniture Row Racing, and I think some of these some of these places, you know, he's a. I, I think he kickstarted Furniture Row racing to get to the elite level that we saw them out with Truex. And I think we've seen him add on to what Stuart Hodges Racing has done over the last couple of years. I mean, he won the Daytona 500 with them 
Um, so, you know, the, he, he's been somebody that can still win races, but also improve the performance of a team around him. So I think going over there will be an opportunity again for him to improve some of the performances of, of Chip Ganassi racing. And that's almost similar to what um, Jack Roush did and brought Matt Kenseth in because he knew enough about these cars and the setups on these cars that to, to tell them what they were doing wrong, what they were doing right, and how they can make some changes to perform, perform, performance-wise. Um, Truex, I think over at the 19, I think the 19 team will just continue on. I don't think that you're going to see much difference between what was in the 78 and 19. I mean, it's just going to be a mirror image pretty much with everything in-house at Joe Gibbs Racing and Cole Perm there. The one thing that um, I, I, I really don't see, unfortunately, going forward is that Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez has all the opportunities in the world where his teammates, um, especially um, Kyle Busch, was – was was winning events over there. Um, I, I don't think his performance improved by being at Joe Gibbs Racing. I don't think that he was on the level of some of the other Joe Gibbs Racing drivers. And while he's going over to Stuart Haas Racing, unfortunately, I think what we're going to see out of that is we're going to see again. We're not going to see the level of performance that those cars can. The level those cars can perform at. Um, I think we'll see him kind of stuck in that third ring, fourth ring of uh, of Stuart Haas racing behind uh you know uh, behind Harvick and, and Boyer and Almarola. I think those will three will continue to perform well and outperform those cars, but we're not gonna see the performance level out of Suarez. Um I would like to see him get better because I think that he can win races and he won championships in the Xfinity series and he won races there. But coming over to the Monster Energy Series, he just hasn't um, grasped uh, uh, the performance to, required um, to, to have any kind of continuity. And I think maybe with people like Stewart, Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, uh, um, Tony Gibson, and some of the others over at, at, at Stewart House Racing, maybe they can put a program together that will prefer, improve the performance of Suarez, and I'd like to see that. But um, I think it's going to be a, a building exercise at this point where they're going to have to build that performance up. We're not going to see the performance that uh, uh, Kevin Harvick did when he first came over there. We're not going to see the performance that Eric Almarola obviously outshined those cars last year uh, after his stint in the 43. So, you know, again, it's going to be a building exercise for Suarez in, in 2019. Um probably a little bit of the same we've seen in the past, but maybe some performance improvements as far as that because of the team around him. That's right, Steve. And, you know, we could, we could talk about that all night long. But let's go ahead and bring on our guest. We've got driver number 23 Chevrolet in the ARCA Racing Series, uh, driver for Brit Holmes Racing, my good friend, Mr. Brit Holmes. Let's bring him into the pit stop with Tim Spain and Steven Russell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Brian, how you doing this evening, brother? Hey, good, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for taking time out to call in. We really do appreciate it, Brett. I know you're. You had mentioned you're down there. Uh, you said you was in the library earlier working. So, uh, are you down on the? Are you down on the plains there in Auburn, brother? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was just uh, working on a project I had to do later this week, but uh, I'm I'm good now. I finished a, a little bit ago, so we're we're all good, and, and uh, so no distractions or anything. So. That's okay. But anyway, thanks for taking time to call in, Brett. We really do appreciate. It. Uh, want to uh, want to ask you a couple of questions before I hand you over to the uh, to the to the to the better half of the panel. There's Steve Wilson Speedway Digest. Uh, uh, it come out on January. I think January the eighth. Uh, y'all had mentioned y'all going to run the full Arca schedule again this year. Last year you run the uh, part time deal, and you got a new crew chief in Shane Huffman. You want to talk a little bit about how how that deal come down, Brett? Yeah. Uh, 
sure. I mean, you know, last year we, we kind of – we had the intention to full-time last year. I mean, we never announced that we were, but um, we had the intentions to. And then um, I think the before – a week or two before the second race of the season, you know, we, uh, our, our crew chief quit and went to a, a, a cup and, uh, it was kind of put us in a really bad spot there. And it's, uh, it's so hard to find somebody in the middle or once the season's already started to, to come, you know, help fill that role. So, um, we just kind of made do and, um, bumped up with our own guys. And, um, you know, we just, we got to about, and about halfway through the races there and just weren't really happy with their performance. And um, so we decided to take, take a step back. And um, ever since then, we've just been planning and uh, working in the shop slowly but surely and uh, to put all of this together. And, um, you know, we've been talking to Shane some, and he's a he's a really great guy. I feel like personality-wise even suits me and my dad a lot. And, um, hard worker, too, and, you know, with MDM kind of dissolving, I mean, he needed a a place to go as well. So, um, you know, I really think he's a, he, he's the key role we've, we've been lacking and key guy because, uh, you know, I feel like we've, we've lacked, you know, somebody with experience to, to lead our program. And, um, you know, with me down here in school, it, it's hard for me to be up there all the time trying to, to lead the team. But, uh, I, like I said, I, I really think we got our, uh, got a good shot here this year. And Brett talking about the uh, the uh, open testing there for the ARCA Racing Series at Daytona back earlier this month on day one uh, the morning session you were uh, you were P15 with a 176.170 and the afternoon session you picked it up really really good with a P8 of 188. Can you talk a little bit about that day and what you found in the car that afternoon session? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, that morning session we mainly did single car runs. I mean, we weren't con- too concerned with um, putting up a, a, a big number, you know, every morning or afternoon. But, um, you know, we, we had actually just moved new, moved to a new shop in the middle of December. And, uh, that test was, uh, January 9th and 10th, I think. So, um, we had, I mean, we, we had honestly kind of had to thrash on our car a little bit because we had to move shops and it took about a week or two. And, uh, we got done just, uh, a, a day or two before the test started. So, um, for us to, you know, get ready like with the nick of time and and to get down there and be as good as we were i mean i was really happy with it i mean we were uh to compare times from last year we were a whole second quicker than our car from last year so um i think that's just a testament to to the changes we've made and um um how you know how good shane is and how how much you know the, the guys that are working on the car how much effort they put into it and um it's uh it's a really proud feeling to be honest. I mean, I think we ended up eighth overall throughout the throughout the whole uh whole deal, the whole weekend. Uh we were fourth on the second day I think, but um you know, a lot of that's to do with, you know, playing games and, and drafting off other packs and stuff like that. It's, you know, there's a there's a lot that goes into that. But um if we compare single car runs, I mean we were a top five car. I mean we were right there in the in the ballpark and um, I, I was super happy with that, and that, that's what we've liked a lot is a good single car um, uh, time in the fast. And um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, uh, the speedways too. Because I mean, we, you know, last the past two years we we've ran in the top five of these super speedways. Even you know, with if we didn't have that great of a car in single car run or whatever, uh, but for this year to be a, for a, for us to be a whole second quicker. You know, I'm just that much more confident uh, that that we'll be contending for the win at those tracks. And Brett, you were you hit the nail on the head uh, that day too. The morning you were P4 with a 181.800, and you skipped the afternoon session. Did you just go ahead and skip it? Y'all go ahead, and, you know, get to you know what out of Dodge and come on back home. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's not like we were tired or anything. But there's only so many changes you can make at the track uh, at, at super speedways. Um, so we, you know, we felt like we had tried everything we wanted to try, and um, and you know put up a good number that day. So um, by that time, we just felt like it would just, I mean, you know, we like I said, we had tried everything we wanted to do. So, um, but we have we kept notes up and everything, so we know what we're we're wanting to do at the shop. Uh, we, we do have a two or three changes we want to, um, make to the car back there and, uh, it, it'll definitely improve it. I mean, um, 
from what we we saw. So, um, but there's only you know there's only so much you can go you know far on the car with um, with changes and uh, while you're at at those tests. So um, we left a little early, like a lot of people did, and um, like I said, felt we just felt really confident and comfortable with what we had, and um, you know we'll, we'll go back to the shop and get it better. And I'm like I said, it's it's uh that's a good feeling you know i've never left the test early because i've been happy with my car we've stayed there till the end every time because we were you know we we felt like we were still struggling or we were behind uh but um there's there's been very few times that i felt like we're ahead as a team and ahead performance wise and um this is one of those times so that's right and brett we you and i spoke on several occasions here in the uh in the garage here at Talladega Super Speedway. And the last couple of years, uh, since you started to school down there at Auburn University, which is, let everybody know, that's God's country. I love that place. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Can you let you gotta take a few that's right. Here. It's only land, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you let everybody know where that, I mean, that awesome helmet that you have? Uh, I took several pictures of it. It looks like an Auburn football helmet. Can you just talk a little bit about that and who designed that for you? That's one of the coolest helmets I've ever seen, Britt. Yeah, actually, it's a, a guy named Noah Ennis. Um, Shellshock is the name of his, his company. He actually, um, I forgot what state he's out of, but he actually paints a lot of hockey helmets and um, and, and racers helmets, mainly hockey helmets. But, um, you know, he actually, where I got the idea from is he painted Grant Enfinger's helmet as an Alabama helmet. A football helmet so you know i just decided to to you know because me and grant are good buddies and always mess mess with each other about that stuff so um i got my helmet painted over and um it turned out really nice he did a really good job but um I, i've got a different helmet this year and a new paint scheme for it but that uh that's that's always going to be a a cool thing to put up one day in like a a little hang up on the wall somewhere in a display case you know i've always loved that helmet and a lot of other people have too so um, but yeah, Shell Shock is the name of the company. He has a uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all that where he, he posts everything. So, um, but yeah, he's a good guy. That's awesome, Brett. And again, I'm gonna hand you over to uh, Stephen Wilson's BigWayDigest.com. Again, thanks for taking time to come on tonight. We really appreciate. It. Look forward to having you back on in the near future. And good luck in the 2019 ARCA Racing Series. And I'm pretty sure we'll see you at Dagan. Just to let you know, Stephen Wilson's BigWayDigest.com. He's a big Florida State fan. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But uh, that's uh, – I don't know what to say about that. I feel sorry for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have a lot to feel sorry for this year. But last week uh, – last week, Arca Racing is going to change the way we over time in the past. They've done – uh, unlimited overtimes at Daytona and Talladega, but this year they're going to go to uh, single uh, green-white flag, and you said that this was the right move for them to make considering what we've seen in the past on these unlimited overtime uh, attempts uh, with these multiple wrecks. Uh, aside from it being the right move, um, what, what, what do you think ARCA should do next as far as changing some of the rules out there or changing something within the series um, to to mitigate some of these multi-car wrecks that have prolonged some of these events at, at Daytona or Talladega. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't blame the series for making that rule. I mean, it's uh, last year at Daytona was ridiculous, and I was a little part of that, but um, at the wreck there on the last, last lap or two, um, you know, I think we had two or three wrecks there with two or two or one to go and uh it just and it took an hour to to make two laps and that you know that's never happened before but that's also can't happen and uh for the fans for anybody uh for anybody watching it's just kind of you know you you can't blame the series for making that rule so i think that'll help you know i think that'll definitely help keep the race shorter and and that not happen again um I think a lot of it is just everybody being so aggressive. I mean, the ARCA series is a, a development series for drivers and that are trying to prove themselves. And, um, you know, if they think they got a shot to win and if there's a hole, they're going to try to take it. And, you know, a lot of the times it doesn't work out, especially on super speedways. So 
um, I think that's the that's the other biggest part to it too, and uh, everybody just trying to be a little too aggressive on on the last lap or two. Arca Racing will will eventually be absorbed totally into NASCAR. Do you foresee a future in which something like the the K&N series and the Arca series run a common template between one another to to lower cost but allow development between two series that run at sometimes two totally different style tracks? Yeah, I mean they um I, I forgot when they released it, but you know they did released that uh, 2020 was when the changes uh, to the schedule were going to be made, and they were going to kind of merge those series, I think, um, not like everybody expected them to. Uh, I think people expected for the K&N East and ARCA series to merge, and then there would still be a West series of some sort. But um, it just, you know, it, it, the rule changes they made were, were kind of surprising because uh, they, they haven't released what they're going to do about the motor rule yet. But, um Everybody's going to run the same bodies, the same five-star bodies. But um, they did release that we have to run a different, like, uh, rear-end housing, and it's different for both series, like the one they want us to run. So I def- I don't think that was the right move and because uh, that, that, that's just going to cost teams on both series. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think – I mean, if, as long as everybody's on the same playing field, I, I guess it's okay. But um, I was kind of – kind of surprised as the changes they made to the schedule and some of the rules like that. I think the motor, you know, the motor is going to be the biggest, you know, uh, uh, part of it too is, is what they decide to do with what series runs what motors and if they run both. Um, and, uh, I mean, we've seen in car counts too that, you know, you want, we want to merge both of them. You know, uh, K&N especially has been lacking car count. Uh, ARCA not so much, but, um, I think merging both of them would have been a, a better idea, but you know, I'm not, I'm not the one to make in that call, but um, hopefully in the future, you know, or after that first year, they'll re- realize the changes they need to really make and um, how they can improve it. My last question to you is this year, what do you find the most challenging part of going back to a full-time uh, series, a uh, schedule uh, after running part time like you did last year, I mean I don't think it'll be too bad. I mean I, this will be my third year. I mean I've put in two and a half years in Oregon. Um, every track this year I've raced on at least one time, and um, some of them more than uh, some of them more than side of Arca and late models I've raced Nashville and Pensacola a bunch, and um, I think I'll be really good there. Even though Arca hasn't been there in a long time, but. Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to struggle too much. I feel like my, my weakest point has, has been Pocono and some of the intermediate tracks. And, um, you know, I I'm, feel like I've pushed my car to the limits there, and but we still felt like we we lacked, lacked elsewhere. So, um, you know, like I said, the, the, this is a series where a lot of guys are just trying to get better as a driver and um, development-wise. And um, But I think I'll, I'll get there easily. I mean, I, I think Shane's a – a good enough crew chief and um, I've got Derek Nealon spotting for me for some this season and he's a cup spotter for Kyle Larson. So um, I think I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be pretty close to where I need to be at. I, I don't, I was worried about that a little bit. I mean, this, this has been my longest break from racing. Um, I think ever um, when I stopped, I think at the last race in, in Springfield, but um, you know, I, I don't, I feel like at Daytona, you know, it didn't never last show. I feel like it was uh, still turned out really well, and um, we did well. We still did well, but um, I don't know. I don't think I take too long to come up to speed on places I've been to, been in a long time. But um, like I said, a lot of these tracks are the same ones I've been to. So um, I, I, I take driver driver notes and we watch videos and all that good stuff. So it's uh, I think I'll be okay. But you know, I'm more you know. I'm more ready to get get started, honestly. I mean, I'm, I think, like I said, we have a good shot at the championship this year, and um, really have probably the best best crew and best best team we've had. And me, and my dad, and our, our manager Nick Montre have have really put in a lot of work to to get this set up the way it needs to be. And um, it's been an eye-opening experience for sure for us in Arca. I mean, we've always ran these late model teams, and it's been so much easier. You know, and a lot more laid back, but this is more of a na- 
up. It's it's been an eye opening experience, and I think it's taken us a couple of years to get where we want to be. But I think this year is is that that year where we're really going to do well. Brett, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you out on social media. Thank your sponsors and anybody else that are going to help you out throughout the 2019 campaign. And best of luck this year in the ARCA Racing Series. All right, thank you, man. Yeah, you can just uh, you can keep up with us uh, on our website, brettholmes.com, or uh, Brett Holmes Racing, or our Facebook page. And I have a Facebook, or I have a, a Twitter and Instagram. And um, at Daytona, we'll have Sunbelt Rentals and uh, Marshall Web Farms on the on our car. And I'm, I'm really thankful for them helping us out at the beginning of the season. And hopefully, I can develop into something more later in the season, also if we perform well. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on again. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll be back on in February sometime. Thanks a lot. Take care, Andy. Thank you. Brad Holmes there, listen. Uh, young man has come a long way, Stephen. I've watched him here at Tidewater Short Track. He still holds the uh, single-lap record at Tidewater Super Speedway. I can't remember what it was. I think I read it off last time we had him on, but – he still holds that record, the fastest lap ever turned to Tyler Short Track. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was getting some yonder. And that's another gentleman too, Brett. Uh, Brett's always handled the media really, really well. And you know, you you and I we've spoke about that on different occasions about drivers drivers handling media and how they answer their their questions. And uh, I think you and I drilled Brett pretty good, and he did he didn't miss a beat, brother. He was he was Johnny on the spot with all with all the answers. Yeah, you're really good about you know all of these. I think some of these were were some some tough questions that would uh, uh, rattle a few drivers up some. But you know he uh, he took it in stride. He did a pretty good job with it, and I think we got a lot of good answers out of him uh, as far as this 2018 or oh, 2019 season and um, uh, um, what's what he's going to do this year. So. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for him that he's going to be back in the series, and um, hopefully we'll see what he does um, coming up. That's right. Real good friend of mine, Brett Holmes, there from Mumford, Alabama. The weather crow flies about 12 miles up the road from me, Stephen. But, yeah, and he mentioned he got involved in a crash, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, I think it was a couple of years ago, he ended upside down on the backstretch, and I think he was driver's, driver's side door down, because I think you and I were tweeting about it. But that was one of the uh, incidents that he was talking about coming to the uh, when you and him were talking about the uh, the uh, new Arca rule there uh, at Daytona and Talladega. I think he was he was P two, P three, or P four right in there. Had a chance for the win and ended up on his lid, driver's door down, driver's door down. Because I remember sitting there watching it and said, "Okay, the records are there. They're trying to get him tumped over." I don't think they actually. Don't remember much, Stephen. But I don't think they actually got him out of the car until they got the car back upright, and then they got him out. But it was a long time sitting there watching that, Stephen. I don't know if you, do you remember that moment watching it there on. Uh, I think FS1 had it. Yeah, that, he talked about the race last year, and I think there was a lot of that playing into um, what Arthur went is going to go to a new finishing um, overtime at Talladega and Daytona. And, yeah, he was involved into one of those. Uh, it, it took much too long, as he said, to try and run one or two laps. And uh, going forward, I think, uh, you know, they're, they, you're right. I think he's right. I think he, he, that they have made the right decision on um, on, uh, uh, on these overtimes. And, and there's a lot of aggressiveness. I know we said there's been a lot of talk in the past about how aggressive uh, some of these drivers are uh, in one of these very short races like at Daytona and we just have so much carnage that goes on um, you know nothing is going to you know totally fix the, 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 the wrecks that we see and the carnage we see at a place like Daytona and, and, and Talladega but uh, moving steps in the right direction to, to try and mitigate some of those things I think will will be good overall for both the teams and the fans because, you know, fans don't want to sit out there, like you said, for an hour and, and watch two laps. Um, so, you know, that 
that kind of uh, you know turned some fans away from the sport, and I think they deserve to see a good finish, but they deserve to see it as as Arca says, as close to the finishing distance as possible, uh, and, and hopefully. You know, this will balance out both the concerns of fans that want to see something in the green, but also not have to sit for, you know, like we did last year for 50 minutes to an hour to run two laps. That's right. I definitely agree, Steve. And uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. It's Mr. Stephen Wilson. You're in the pit stop. Been explaining Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. And Stephen, you and I texted earlier today. There's a big topic that I know I I had really had time to read everything in the uh, Sanctioning Bodies Rule Book, um, Rule 12.9, uh, Sports Gambling Policy. All NASCAR members have an obligation to protect the integrity of the sport. You know where they're going with this. They're going back to that Pete Rose deal. Gambling on NASCAR events by members can pose a serious threat to the integrity of NASCAR. It's stakeholders and the industry as a whole. The integrity of NASCAR competition remains our greatest access. Asset. And, you know, that was just, that's the head in there of 12.9, Stephen, and it goes on through 12.9.123 all the way down to 9. Uh, if we can, Stephen, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I know... There's been a lot of hype on it, and some of the media outlets have not been really covering it that much. But I know you and I, we sort of sort of got the bite on it and seen where this was going. And just sort of explain, Stephen, if you can. I know you might not have the rule book open, but, you know, we can walk through some of this stuff. But sort of let our listeners know exactly what NASCAR is implementing here with this sports gambling policy. A lot of this comes back to the fact that this past year in Dover, for the first time, there was at-track betting on the racing events. Um, As this continues to be popularized uh, in both uh, Vegas, online, other states are looking at going to gambling policies, both on sporting events as well as traditional casinos. Um, The the, uh, rise of of things like FanDuel and other sites, fantasy sites where you can um, play fantasy games in exchange for money. Um, a lot of this stuff is uh, an area that NASCAR in the past has not addressed because there hasn't been this wide prevalence of options to bet on events or bet on drivers or, or championships or things like that. It's been very isolated in the past to to maybe a sports book or two out in Vegas or Atlantic City, but as more more states and localities look at gambling uh, as a as a source of revenue, um, and especially on the online sphere, um, NASCAR is addressing this in the same way that you're right. You go back to Pete Rose who, who threw games and bet on them. Uh, and, and made some substantial amount of money at the time. Um, you know, NASCAR is looking at doing the same thing and implementing policies to to keep teams and crews and drivers and people that are members and participants in the sport um, from using that knowledge. Um, ethically, there's there's an ethical barrier into this also that um, you know NASCAR is trying to address. In the fact that you know it, it's you know it, it's not very ethical as a driver or a team or a crew member or, or somebody that's intricately involved in the sport to go out there and start using it for profit, um, and, and I think that includes the media and everybody that covers it as far as covering the sport, participates in the sport, uh, TV partners, um, radio partners, everybody. I think you know, this is from the top down. But NASCAR is just looking at policies and looking at ways to prevent or have some kind of reactionary course if we do have people going out there and uh, uh, using their knowledge for substantial, substantially gain, to substantially gain an advantage over, uh, you know, the sports books or, or gambling in general. And, for for NASCAR, um, 
it's good that they get ahead of this because I think we're just going to see a prevalence continue to spread. While Dover was a test, I think that we will eventually start seeing more tracks as localities allow it um, or more sports books start opening up to to NASCAR and events and drivers and the various other ways that you could uh, uh, place a wager on the sport. Um, so in essence, this policy just comes down to the point that, again, anybody involved in the sport and has knowledge of the sport that could substantially change the course uh, of, uh, of a wager or gainful activities in any means by using that information to, to bet against or for, um, you know, they, they're trying to forbid this and they're trying to, to keep this so that, again, so that, so that members of the sport aren't using that knowledge as some kind of gain against uh, any type of betting. Um, NASCAR said, you know, that, they, that they're okay with some of these fantasy games that we've seen. NASCAR has one on there. Uh, they traditionally, um, it's not exchanged for money. Sometimes they may give away a pit pass or something like that, but, you know, they're, they're not out where every week you're, you're betting for and against drivers. And they've said that, you know, those types of scenarios where you're playing for fun and there's no really, there's no gain from it, um, you know, those are, those are okay. They feel okay with those types of activities, just not an activity where it gives you a substantial advantage uh, knowledge-wise um, when they're exchanging money or gambling for or against uh, an event or a driver or anything else that may be in the sphere. So, it's again, I think it's good. I think that they've got out on top of this as they continue to develop maybe their own way. Um, I know NASCAR may be interested in their own type of gambling somehow or being involved in it somehow. Um, Dave's like gambling companies in at Las Vegas and uh, uh, as premier uh, uh, sponsors of events out there. And, you know, we may see more prevalence of this across NASCAR, which we haven't seen in the past, and they've got to get these rules lined up before even they become involved into this or because or before it becomes so prevalent that it's more of the norm and not the exception. That's right. And to follow up on your statement there, uh, in the NASCAR rulebook, sanctioned by rulebook 12.9.3 fantasy games, Stephen, the reason I know I got this up, that's where I was going next. Uh, 12.9.3 fantasy games, like you had mentioned. Uh, section A. Fantasy games or daily fantasy games or any similar online contest in which the real-world performance NASCAR competitors determine the virtual performance and or point total of a fictional racing team assembled by game participants are defined as games of skill rather than gambling activity. That's where you were going. And then here's the section B. NASCAR members, this is what you mentioned, NASCAR members are permitted to engage in fantasy games relating to any event in which NASCAR is involved, including but not limited to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and our NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series, but shall not accept prizes with a value in excess of $250 in any such fantasy game. That's where you were going with that with that pit pass, right, brother? Yeah, and you know, most of the time, you know, if you've got a journalist or you've got a team member that's out there, and and, and inadvertently they may be awarded these prizes, in in pretty much every case, um, they're going to decline that anyhow, uh, based on their status. But you know, NASCAR is just putting those types of policies in place that you know kind of fortifies that out there that you know uh, if they may have you know, a $5,000 championship for somebody that spent, you know, 36 weeks uh, playing a fantasy game and they're going to give you $5,000 or whatever it is. They want to make sure that, you know, this this is going to people um, who are fans of the sport. These are people that are not going to be involved in the sport. 
They just want to make sure that overall, whatever you're doing is not for substantially gain, um, gain, um, you know, monetary-wise. And, and again, this is why they're allowing these types of fantasy games because it's more of the norm that these are these are games that have no residual value or monetary value. Um, these are games that are played for fun. These are games that are played against coworkers. Uh, for 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 no again no re- residual value. This isn't um, a, a team. This isn't a person going out and using it, using information where um, where they know that uh, a particular driver uh, has a better chance of winning the championship because they know something that somebody else doesn't know. Um, so again, you know these fantasy games are okay um, as long as they're again not accepting prizes. Uh, above that value that you said, but in most in most times, um, you know, people and members of the sport wouldn't be accepting those prizes anyways because they would be traditional style prizes that have been handed out, uh, such as like a, a, a an infield pass or maybe four tickets to a race or you know something like that, some residual uh, um, um, non-value of them. So you know they're not they're not. They they have no gainful value that they're getting out of this, and that's where NASCAR is trying to implement the policies or keep the policies so that you're not gaining anything out of this, nothing of a residual nature. So, again, you know, fantasy games okay, gambling on the sport not okay. Very well told there, brother. I'm going through my notes here. They. Is any we're coming up here on top of the hours? Any breaking news or anything we need to get out? I know we had mentioned about Ricky Craven and Bob Parker's joining Fox Sports. Anything else that jumps up we need to let everyone know about? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, Vegas is gonna um, there's gonna be testing out at Vegas. They just tested out Atlanta this week. Um, so this week at, at, at Vegas, they're going to test the full package that we're going to see at these uh, intermediate tracks this year. Um, these these are things that um, spawn out of the the All Star race, and um, you know we're 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 going to have to get past Daytona and Atlanta to to start seeing this package on whether it's going to work out, what kind of uh, what kind of, what kind of race we're going to get out of this new package? They've changed some of the things as far as the pan in the front, um, downforce on the cars, the aero structure of these cars. Um, so uh, it, it's more of a drag downforce. It's more of a drag package of um, drafting. Um, so we'll we'll, um, we'll get to see some of that. NASCAR is going to run a live broadcast of the testing out at Vegas. So um, everybody can go on NASCAR.com and they'll um, have the link up uh, once they start practicing. So um, I think it'd be interesting to see. I want to see what this package does. Um, honestly, if it's anything like the the All Star race, I'm not super excited for it. Um, hopefully, they've made enough changes into it that um, we we don't see the um, uh, um, more of the the follow the leader style with very hard passing. Um, I, I, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see good quality racing, but I, I, I'm just not super excited about what I saw at the all-star race. Unfortunately, I, I think there needs to be, I think they, hopefully that they've made enough changes that we don't see that. That's right. You mentioned, uh, uh, I got the note also from Neil Reed there, our good friend, Philip Rush, which are at Las Vegas, most Speedway. I just got it too. And there's a host of uh, Monster Energy Cup Series drivers going to be there, and they're also bringing some NASCAR X Finney Series drivers too. Uh, Zane Smith Junior Motorsports. We've got two Junior Motorsports. Uh, it's going to be Junior Motorsports cars going to be there. Zane Smith and Noah Gregson. and then you've got Riley Hurts with Joe Gibbs Racing, and Chase Briscoe with Stuart Haas Racing. They're going to be there for the X Finney deal. And there's just to highlight. Some of the other ones, Stephen Ryan Neiman's going to be there. Ryan's moved over to Rastrinway Racing. He left RCR. Uh, uh, looking down the schedule here, we got Ryan Priest. You and I, we haven't talked about Ryan Priest. Uh, 
He signed on with JTG Doherty Racing this year. And Cody Ware, my good buddy Cody Ware, is going to be out there. And Ross Chastain, looks like Ross Chastain, David Reagan, uh, Drew Herring, a name that we don't, uh, Toyota Racing Development, that we don't really talk that much about. So that's going to be an interesting test, even Just like you said, they're going to bring the full package there at that at that track uh, to see how everything's going to work. But I think it's going to be real interesting too. You know, like you said, you can uh, you can uh, stream it live on. Did you say NASCAR dot com, Stephen? Yeah, NASCAR dot com. We'll have a live feed of it. And we're up here on the top of the hour. And uh, Stephen, if I think, I mean, you know, we could talk for probably six or eight more hours to catch up from where we left off last year. But, again, I want to thank you very much uh, for coming aboard like you did three years ago, and uh, we've really made a lot of progress. I really appreciate it. Uh, NASCAR sort of helped us along. I thank everything NASCAR has done, thank everything that you have done. I want to thank Suzanne for sticking in here, answering the phones like she does every Tuesday evening. And uh, I want to thank Brett Holmes, Brett Holmes. There, uh, with Brett Holmes Racing for coming on. Uh, he's racing, like he mentioned, he's racing the uh, full schedule of the Arca Racing Series. And uh, he had a lot of good points there. You and I got a lot of good answers out of him. But, uh, Stephen, let's go ahead and jump out of here. And uh, I don't have a guest for next Tuesday as of right now, but I got people that wants to come on. If you got anybody you want to bring on, you let me know. But, again, uh, Stephen, thank you very much. Till AM and the boys, we say hello and let everybody know we're going to follow you on social media website, bro. You follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, forward slash Digest, and com. Amen, brother. Ready to go racing. Uh, we're going to say good night uh, from the Pit Stop Radio LLC, the man cave here at Tyler, this south of Tyler Super Speedway, about eight miles south where the crow flies, and Stephen Wilson right outside of Richmond Race. So we're going to say good night until next Tuesday evening, and thanks again to everyone. Talk to you next Tuesday. See you, Steve.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.